My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bundjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Wednesday the 24th of May. I'm Sam. I'm Nina. The federal court has ruled in favour of Yanapingu and the Gumach clan in a landmark native title case in the Northern Territory. The Gumach clan is set to receive compensation, which could be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And it could have huge consequences for native title cases in the Territory moving forward. We'll let you know what you need to know in the deep dive. But first, Sam, what's making headlines this morning? Qantas is on track for its highest ever profits this financial year, and that's because of heightened consumer demand and lower fuel prices. Qantas is projecting profits for this financial year to be over $2.4 billion. That would comfortably overtake the previous record set back in 2018, which was $1.6 billion. Victoria is going to transition away from native timber logging by the start of next year instead of 2030 as initially planned. The measure was announced in the Victorian budget, which was handed down yesterday. Environment Minister Ingrid Stitt said the measure would add further protections for the state's precious biodiversity and endangered species. The 33-year-old police officer who tasered a 95-year-old woman last week has been suspended from duty. The senior constable tasered the woman after she slowly approached police holding a steak knife. The woman, Claire Noland, is receiving end-of-life care and the incident is being investigated. And the good news, Sam, whales have been spotted in coastal areas off Sydney in recent days, which means whale season is officially upon us. Whales will be migrating from Antarctica to the Pacific in search of warmer conditions, so if you're on the East Coast, keep your eyes peeled. The late Yanapingu has won a significant native title court battle that could change the way Australian law deals with native title claims in the Northern Territory. The claim was successfully brought against the Commonwealth of Australia about a lease granted to mining company Nabalco. It was only last month when we were talking about Yanapingu on this podcast when we were sharing the sad news of his passing. It was one of those losses that was felt by the whole nation. We heard an outpouring of eulogies and really beautiful moving testimonies mm. about the impact of his life. This is what the Prime Minister said at his memorial. It is often said that we stand on the shoulders of giants. Unipingu was a giant who made sure that we could. He lifted us up and held us there so that we could see as far as he did. And what a vision he shared with us. Yunupingu was a Yunu elder and Gumich clan leader. He became known because of his work in land rights, which went back as far as the 1960s. He also worked for many years on the Northern Land Council, which is an organisation that specifically deals with land rights and helps First Nations people to claim traditional land. All of that's to say, land rights were his lifelong pursuit and one that's continued after his death. His name is still on the case that we're discussing today, and there was an acknowledgement in the judgment that that's because of his significant role in getting it to this point. So the big legal idea that we're talking about today, Nina, is land rights. And a big part of land rights 
is how they're pursued in Australia through native title. Can you give me a bit of background on what native title is and how it came to be? Yeah, so we're going to get super deep into the technicalities. Don't you worry about that. Good. But on a basic level, native title is the recognition that First Nations people have rights and interests to land and waters according to traditional customs and law. I think a lot of us will know about native title because the name Marbo, which at least I heard about a lot in school. In 1982, Eddie Marbo, a Merriam man from the Torres Strait Islands, led a group making a case in the High Court about their island, Mare. Ten years later, the case was awarded in their favour, and native title was determined for the first time in the High Court in 1992. And of course, that case was Marbo and Queensland. Then in 1993, a year later, the Australian Senate passed the Native Title Act. That took 51 hours and 49 minutes of them debating it in order to pass. And that built on the precedent set by Marbo in actually building Native Title into law and setting an actual framework for how First Nations people could claim Native Title going forward. Today, according to the National Indigenous Australians Agency, Native Title is recognised in some capacity in about 50% of Australia. So you've mentioned that this law sets out the framework. Native title, yeah. But what actually happens when someone is granted native title? Well, I didn't actually realise this, but native title is a lot more complicated than who owns what land. It's actually more about who has rights to what land. So, for example, native title wouldn't necessarily give you ownership of a piece of land, but it might give you the right to camp, to perform ceremonies and to protect cultural sites, just as an example. It doesn't necessarily transfer ownership. The rights which are granted depend on the laws and customs of the clan. So when a group makes an application for native title, they have to prove that they have certain customs or certain practices that are related to that land. And also that they've had a historic tie Mm. to that land over many years. Yeah, that it's continuing. So in most cases, when native title is given, it's found to exist alongside other property rights. So pastoral leases, for example, or in the case we're going to be speaking about today, mines. And another interesting part about all of this is that native title holders are entitled to compensation for activities which diminish or damage their native title rights. So essentially we're talking about the idea that a group or an individual can have a native title claim over a certain piece of land. Doesn't necessarily mean they own the land, but there is then that right to benefit off activities conducted on that land. And also continue to practice and practice culture on that land. Tell me about what happened in this case. So the case we're talking about today with Yanapingu and the Gumach clan, it all started in 1968, where a mining company began working on the northeast corner of Arnhem Land in the Northern Territory. So Yanampingu, on behalf of the Gumich clan, claimed that First Nations clans in that area had native title over the land, and as they had never given permission for mining on that land to occur, and they therefore say their native title has been impacted, they are entitled to compensation. And that was the subject of the case that's in the news this week. Yeah, they were successful. The federal court ruled in favour of Yanapingu and the Gumich clan, meaning they are entitled to compensation. We don't know exactly yet how much compensation, but by some estimates, it could be as much as $700 million. That's a heap of money. And I'm sure there are other places in Australia where the same kind of dynamics exist. Is this case going to have any impact on other situations around Australia? 
Well, the reason I found this case really interesting is because of the precedent legal experts think this will set, not necessarily in the rest of Australia, but specifically in the Northern Territory. Right. Bear with me. You're the lawyer here, not me. So it took me a while to get my head across this. But this is my understanding of why this is such an important case. First of all, compensation and native title claims are pretty new. Like I said, we've been hearing about native title since Marbo in 1982. Mm. But the idea that native title holders could be compensated when the native title has been, you know, quote, diminished or damaged, that's a pretty new idea. The first time compensation was actually given was only in 2013. The other thing to keep in mind is that before this Yanapingu claim, there haven't been any successful compensation claims for decisions regarding the NT before 1978. So groups or individuals who are now saying, well, we have a claim to native title or we could have a claim to native title in the Northern Territory, but it depends on proving that native title before 1978. There is now legal precedent for those people to come forward and say, we have grounds for compensation. And that could mean a whole bunch of legal cases coming forward. And I think that the language that was being used in the court case was like, this could have a huge impact on the law moving forward. But I'm sure the only thing on the minds of Yunapingu's family and community this week is just celebrating this win. And also celebrating the fact that for Yunapingu, it was a continuation of his legacy. And Gumich clan leader, Jawa Yunapingu, after their victory in court, said... Although my brother did not live to hear today's judgment, he would have been pleased that the federal court's decision recognised the fundamental right of First Nations people to be treated equally by Australian law. Thank you so much for joining us on The Daily Oz. If you learned something from today's episode, don't forget to send it to a friend. That is how TDA grows and how we can keep rocking up to work and make a new episode for you every weekday morning. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a great day.